0: Gentlemen, we have, we have a, special a special treat for you for today. We, we have the one, one, the only. Welcome to the State Lines Network. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Boldly Going Podcast. Uh, creative, brilliant, inspirational people of the universe on planet Earth. I'm your host, Jason Sowell, and this is episode three. Uh, I'm really excited about this episode. And first of all, let me say thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're three episodes in, or this is going to be our third episode uh, really excited about uh, the feedback we're getting and uh, the episodes we've done so far. We've been recording some incredible episodes. I can't wait to bring you some of the other ones that uh, we have. We have recorded some amazing people that are going to be on the podcast uh, f- over the next few months. Really, really excited for you to hear them. Uh, and that's how I feel about today's episode uh, with my buddy Jeremy Martin. Uh, Jeremy Martin and I uh, met each other in college. Uh, He's uh, hilarious, one of the funniest people I know, uh, extremely kind, one of the nicest, fun people I've ever met, and uh, he's doing some creative stuff. He lives in uh, Las Vegas, in downtown Las Vegas. My organization, Current Initiatives, does uh, one of our initiatives called The Laundry Project in uh, downtown Las Vegas, where we work with laundromats and low-income communities, and uh, Jeremy has been a part of that for the past few years in in Las Vegas, and uh, Jeremy is doing some cool stuff. Uh, uh, several months ago, he started a a podcast called the Downtown Faith Discussion, which you should definitely listen to. Uh, if you go on iTunes and search for Downtown Faith Discussion, you'll find that uh, he's just having uh, conversations with people that are in uh, downtown Las Vegas that are business people and. Uh, social entrepreneurs and different people that live in the downtown Las Vegas area, and just uh, discussing with them about faith and where they're at, or what their belief is, or what it's not, and why, and uh, all of that. And it's exactly what the podcast title says the faith discussion about downtown uh, Las Vegas. And if you don't know anything about downtown Las Vegas, in the past couple of years, a few years, it's, be, uh, it's kind of turned into the uh, startup capital of America people moving there left and right they're doing a lot to revitalize downtown Las Vegas and uh, uh, just bring startup businesses there and they're encouraging startup businesses they're uh, helping fund startup businesses they're helping uh, just bring some some new life and revitalization business wise uh, economic wise uh, socially uh, restaurants and bars all kinds of stuff going in down there uh, in downtown Las Vegas some really really cool stuff and Jeremy has moved his family down there about a year ago, and Jeremy's right in the middle of it. He's doing a startup church, uh, a startup organization based around faith and his particular faith and uh, starting with the Downtown Faith Discussion podcast, and then also uh, he is uh, starting up a church in in this startup capital. And uh, so on the episode, we talk about that. We talk about just his philosophy about starting things, and um, he makes one of the best one of, the, one of the most incredible statements, uh, which you'll hear it comes up, it's also the title of this episode, uh, that fear is the silent decision maker, uh, and just really, really cool statement, some uh, incredible truth behind that that we talk about. So I'm really excited to get into this episode with you, and then also, before we jump into it, uh, as always, uh, the Bully Going Podcast is a part of the State Lines Network of Podcasts, and uh, if you haven't listened to any other podcasts on State Lines, you should. Definitely go check them out. Go to our website at state-lines.com. You'll see a bunch of stuff there. Or if you look up the State Lines Network, podcast network on iTunes, you'll find it. But there's some incredible podcasts, some really great people, a part of the network doing some some great stuff that you should definitely listen to. People much smarter than I am, so definitely go listen to them. And then as well, I would love to encourage you to go check out uh, my organization, Current Initiatives. That's engagecurrent.org. Check that out. Get involved. Do something in your community. Even if it's not with us, get involved some way to give back to your community. Uh, And then as well, go check out another company called By The Way Clothing. Uh, We've got some some fun uh, t-shirt designs on there. Uh, Just some fun ways to support your community, support uh, things that we love and things hopefully that you love as well. Uh, So again, thank you for listening. This is going to be a great episode with my friend Jeremy Martin. Uh, The Downtown Faith Discussion, as well as from uh, DTLV Faith. It stands for uh, Downtown Las Vegas Faith. If you check out DTLVFaith.com, you'll find uh, his information and links to his podcast as well. So check that out. And uh, here we go. It's going to be a great episode. Let's get into it. principle of looking smarter than you actually are and mm. really all it takes is a notepad or a pair of glasses <laughs> that's it You got either one of those things uh, yeah you easy. got either one you got either one of those things or um or you just don't talk yeah so um by the way we already started recording oh awesome yeah i don't uh i like to do just uh we're there. We're in it. I tried that, and it totally failed every time. You got me, though. I like it. <laughs> yeah,
1: so... She did just get me saying something I normally wouldn't say.
0: Yeah, whatever. I like it. <laughs> I like to be raw and real. Don't worry about it. Um, so welcome, everyone, to the Boldly Going podcast. Um, so where we talk to people that uh, I consider creative, brilliant, inspirational people of the universe living on planet Earth, um, which... Alludes to there's probably creative, brilliant, inspirational people in the universe that uh, don't live on planet far Earth. Far away. I mean, there's some NASA guys probably living in not on <laughs> Earth are in a space station. Um, but no, I think um, in the in the vein that you know, so much in the universe, we're all we're all a connected energy. That uh, you know, there's something bigger than us out there. Um, and I think a lot of our creativity, brilliancy, inspiration comes from. Uh, a universe that is much bigger than us uh, that has existed a lot longer than we have absolutely uh, so i uh, so welcome everyone to the podcast where we uh, talk to people that I believe are are boldly going doing things that are bold they 're stepping out of their comfort zones and they're they're going they 're moving forward, moving life forward and so today on the podcast, my friend Jeremy Martin out in Las Vegas hello the the, uh, the Sin City, as everyone likes to call that's it. That's right. <laughs> it's just because you like to sin a lot, that's it? why you moved out here. That's why I moved here. Um, Jeremy and I went to college together in Jacksonville, Florida. We kind of went to college together. I'm a good bit older. Yeah, so one,
1: I... one year. I think your senior year was my freshman year, so technically.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you grew up... So tell me a little bit about your story. You grew up in Jacksonville, right? Yeah, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. I was born at a very early age, and... Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> grew up in Jacksonville, uh, kind of just, man, just a, I, you know, when I tell people about the way I grew up, I always feel bad because it was so good. Like, you know, like we, you have people yeah. that just come from, you know, not great situations and I, the older I got, the more I realized that, uh, some great parents who loved each other, loved us well, um, went to, uh, uh, what I consider to be a good church, very thankful for, for my upbringing. Uh, in that church was a big part of our life. Went to the Christian schools at that church. That was kind of my bubble for uh, for a long time. Um, I had a best friend f- very early on that uh, was a great complement to who I was as a person. And um, so when I think about like growing up and, and who I am, as much as my family and my church, there's also this friend that, that I think was uh, hugely vital and actually growing growing up and moving away and being away from each other, we actually, I think both of us see kind of how that friendship was actually more vital than we even realized.
0: Interesting. Yeah, actually some counseling has actually brought that out. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to come back to that on counseling. Yeah. That's a, uh. So, by the way, we're sitting in my hotel room in Las Vegas. <laughs> and so you can hear the, uh, we have the windows open, and you can hear the, we're right near the airport. So you hear the- <laughs> yeah, you'll occasionally hear... Hear a plane fly over. Occasionally, hear um, pro- I'm assuming um, probably some uh, you know one of the maid service people, house housekeeping yeah. people you, pushing you, their cart across the parking lot. You'll
1: hear uh, occasional helicopter. The tour is getting dark now, so the tours of the Grand Canyon
0: are ending yeah. and coming home. But, That's right. Yeah. yeah. So one of the fascinating things about uh, Las Vegas to me is this time of year that it gets dark so early. (laughs) It's like,
1: it's literally at about 3.30, you start to feel the darkness Uh, in the afternoon. You start to feel the darkness. By 4.30, the the street lights are on. Yeah, it's dusk. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, okay, so growing up in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, we met each other uh, when I was in college there. Um, The other thing we have in common is we both are uh, stunningly good looking with curly hair. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> both curly hair. Um, so Jacksonville, Florida, grew up there, grew up in church. How did you end up in Las Vegas?
1: So, uh, I was, I was in Jacksonville. Like I said, I had my, I kind of had my, I was in this bubble, this church, the school actually went to the school all the way into two and a half years into the college. That's where we met, um, there at that college in Jacksonville, um, my family moved to California, and that started this whole thing where um, we just felt like God was just shaking things up, right? So, for the first time ever, my parents moved out of Jacksonville. Like, our families were there, generations. And uh, my dad works in California. The whole family goes out there with him. I stay because I was in college, but I couldn't afford to go back anymore after a while. And things just started getting shaken up, and so I went to another college. It's actually where I met my wife. Didn't get married till years later. Um, that's another crazy story most people think we're nuts. Uh, but that's where I met her and then uh, lived in another city, lived outside of Atlanta um, for a while. My parents moved back to the East Coast, and so things just kept moving around. I did end up back in Jacksonville. Uh, was teaching at a at a private Christian school there. Loved loved my experience there, but I knew I wasn't a teacher in a school setting. Um, always felt that, and so I uh, was finishing up a degree in religion and church ministries uh, online while I was there. And when I finished that up, I began to just explore. Um, Man, what what's next like I just there was this this uh, I was very I was very pleased with where my life had been some of the experiences that I had um, while teaching at school I'd had summers off so I spent um, a few weeks in Japan one summer uh, with some guys that, that you would know from from the college where we met I think you're mm-hmm. actually maybe roommates or some of them but close with them and uh, and then I did an internship with a church in Hawaii and I just really felt like there was this, this stirring and so I began to look online and just, okay, what about California, like the, the Southwest region? My sister I had stayed in California and I just thought about doing something different, <laughs> you know, that was no bigger yeah. than that. And so uh, I found a church online It was in uh, North Las Vegas area and they um, they were looking for somebody to work with their students. They were looking for an intern and so I was like, sure, why not? pay a leave a paying job and go work for free you know that's just logical yeah. after, after you get your degree that's what you expect yeah, to do right? right and so uh i called connected with the guy who i'd be doing the internship with and there was like an instant connection and it was just uh i was like man that's where i'm supposed to go he actually said didn't he on his end didn't want to take the internship any further we interviewed um he decided to go with a different person and uh and so in my mindset uh I, don't know, I just felt like, no, this is where I'm supposed to go. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to work hard and be a great volunteer in their church and they're going to have to put me on staff. That was my mindset. That, that okay. was how I was just I'm going to go there and they're going to love me. And, yeah. and so
0: which, that, you know, That's interesting. But. So uh, let me ask you this because yeah. I mean the podcast is all about,, you know, boldly going as which the statement we're all familiar with from Star Trek for right <laughs> you know decades of boldly going where no man has gone before um plenty of other people have gone there before I've gone I've taken kind of the kind of the road but i think most people especially people that don't work in a church world they don't maybe understand a context or something spiritual mm-hmm. are why, are you crazy why would you why would you go to school get a degree and this is first of all why would you go to school to do ministry? That just sounds, why would you put your life through that? Yeah. Yeah. Second of all, why would you be willing to leave someplace and leave something that might be paying or that is a good paying job and go do something for free and just, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go work here and I'm going to force myself on your staff that hopefully one day will pay me, but I'm yeah. going to work for free. Yeah. It, it's, uh, and that's kind
1: of always been my mentality, I guess. Uh, yeah, so first off, going to college, I did that because it was the next graduated step, and that was before I was willing to step out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing on to, to Bible college the way that I did, it was because that was what I was told that I was supposed to do. If I thought that God had called me to church world, church ministry, to help people in that in that avenue, this is just what you do next. And so... Uh, I didn't go away from home. I stayed there. It took God literally moving my family across the country for me to, to really, if you're talking about like, his in a spiritual sense, to begin to actually trust Him and not trust the the things that I did have around me that were very very comfortable. Uh, and so, so, when that all started happening, when when my family moved and they moved again, I got I got this car accident that really shook things up. And so then I moved away. Uh, to go to college, and I, I did that literally um, in a day. I decided on a Tuesday I was going to go to college, and on Wednesday I moved my entire life to Tennessee from Florida.
0: Um,
1: oh, and the college, I wasn't accepted to the college, I didn't know I was coming. And again, that was probably the first time that I was like, I'm just going to go, and they're going to want me to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, and then I had so, so
0: this is an ongoing theme in your life. It sounds yes,
1: like. yeah, yeah. Okay. And that that was really where it all started was seeing um, kind of my family willing to, to step out of all the things that they always knew because they felt like um, that God was saying, "Hey, trust me in this. This is where I'm taking you." And so when I felt like I'm supposed to go to this college, I just I just up and moved. And if it fit in my car, it went with me. And I had enough money to get there for gas to get there. And then if they did absolutely did not accept me, and I was gonna, I was planning on sleeping in my car, <laughs> you know, in downtown Chattanooga, wow. and that was, I, I literally, I had no plan. I said I planned on sleeping That's in my crazy. car. I had no plan. I had no, no dorm, no nothing. I had enough gas to get to my parents' house in North Georgia, where they had just moved from California to North Georgia, uh, with my dad I had another job offer that moved him uh, across the country, and so. Again, things were just getting shaken up. We were being moved. And uh, so, yeah, so I kind of have this, this this mentality of um, I know now, especially in my life, uh, I can tell when God is taking me from one place to another and saying, hey, trust me with this. And every time you would think you'd remember back to the times that he provided and, and you could trust him uh, spiritually or you could trust that, okay, this thing that he has me doing um, – is the next thing I'm supposed to do. It's the next step of faith, if you will. But yet every time it seems to get harder and there's still there's still uncertainty. I think uncertainty, doubt is the flip side of the, the coin of faith. And uh, so every time that happens. and um, So along with the moving out to Las Vegas, so they turn the internship back on. Uh, the other guy didn't work out. And I was like, see, I could have told you I was going to work out and he wouldn't. You know? <laughs> Like that was kind of how I felt. And uh, so I, I came out and did a face to face interview, first time ever in Las Vegas. I lost $100 almost immediately uh, on a just a terrible idea of a <laughs> card game. Like I sat <laughs> down at a table. And I feel like, <laughs> the, isn't that everyone's story in yes. Las Vegas? Yeah. Like if. if if you want to get cured of gambling as a poor person, come out and just gamble right away and you're probably going to lose. And it was, a, it was like the worst game I could have possibly played in like, I know that now, like it was just a yeah. terrible decision. And the, the guy who I was interning with, he, he watched me and he just kind of laughed and was like, well, hope you got that out of your system. <laughs> like, you're done. And, uh, so when I instantly connected, um, with him and his family, cause I stayed with his family, his wife even looked at me, and was like, how did he find you? You guys are too much alike, like you're like you're way connected, how did he even find, and it was, it was just a random story. So April was when they kind of said, yeah, we want you to come out and, and intern, and I actually technically started early July, I came out and took some students to a camp uh, in Arizona, another place I'd never been, just kind of this whole whirlwind, and in between June and July, I actually got engaged to my wife, um, actually in June I got engaged and we got married in late July before we moved out here. Um, And we were just friends who had met in college six years earlier and uh, had not seen each other in about four and a half years and decided to get engaged and get married. Another one of those things where it was like, I just, I felt like in, in my very crazy. core of who I was. You're gonna take her on this journey with you. You're yeah. gonna partner up, and I knew in college again we were friends, we never dated anything like that. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. I knew I could spend my life with this person. Just didn't know if I was supposed to. Yeah. And uh, so years later, kind of was like I- I'm probably supposed to spend my life with this person. And uh, so it interesting. We we got married uh, July 25th, 2009, and our honeymoon was a drive across the country from West Virginia to Las Vegas stuff along the way a few places had some it's fun great, <laughs> yeah I mean well we went to like uh, you know Memphis and did some of the tours and things like that with you know music and yeah and things like that it's something we have in common and when we got to Vegas we lived it up on the strip for a few days you know we mm-hmm. saw some shows and got dressed up and all that kind of stuff you know yeah. and um but, if it didn't fit in our our Honda fit, which is a very small car and i'm I'm a not small person <laughs> and uh so if it didn't fit in the car with us, it didn't come and and we literally moved our life out here with no jobs uh no we had a little bit of money from the people had given us when we got married, yeah, and uh we had the little bit of stuff we had we didn't have any furniture for the first two weeks we slept on an air mattress, and our the t v we had sat on the floor yeah. and we ate uh Indian style <laughs> on the air mattress, you know, like that was kind of our, our life. And, um, little by little people gave us things and we kind of grew and built that. But, uh, yeah, that's how I ended up in Las Vegas.
0: We, we moved for a year. Um, after the internship was done. Time out for a second though. Yeah. So, um, okay. So all these things you kind of jumped into all sound crazy. So from the, to someone that is, that's, not a person of faith, not a, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, whatever, how you want to context. They don't have a Christian faith. They don't have some other kind of faith. Spirituality is not necessarily a big piece of their life. And you tell them this story. And they're, let's say they're listening to this and like, this guy is crazy. Yes. He, he went to a place that didn't want him, <laughs> that wasn't going to pay him, e- even if they did want him. Uh, and everyone understands internships, like that kind of comes in territory. But they did not want you to begin with right um, and then they didn't know me they didn't know me at right. all they didn't know right. you uh, you went to a college that had not accepted you yet just on the like I'm gonna go there and I'll just live in my car if I have to until at some point they do yeah um, you did not have the traditional dating your wife engagement all that and so in your context it with you knew at the core of your being you knew that that's what God this was God's thing for you this was God's plan this is where God is pointing that to you um, how do you explain that yeah. to someone that that's not a factor?
1: Yeah, that's uh, and that's one of the hard things uh, about when I tell these stories, and I try to temper it. Like, who I tell stories <laughs> like that to, because um, I do. I get a lot of, and even from people who would call themselves spiritual, Christian, God, you know, people, whatever. Uh, even they will will look bewildered <clears throat> at. Yeah, I, I, like what? It's like the deer in the headlights.
0: So. Yeah, and
1: I and I was told by people you'll live that way until you get married, and then you won't be able to live that way anymore. And then I got married, and they're like, well, you'll live that way until you have kids, and you won't be able to live that way anymore. And it's the story mm. continues. We we've we've continued to do that. And so what I tell people is is um and I think everyone has this inside of them where they're dissatisfied
0: mm-hmm.
1: with the way things are, and they feel like there must be something more. And then they find that more, but man, that more is really difficult, or it's going to require some sacrifice, uh, and they're just not sure how it's going to work out. But they just know there's a, um, you can use the word peace. There's a stillness, there's a serenity inside where mm-hmm. I don't know all the answers, but I'm positive this is the direction. Yeah, uh, I, you know, the is is the. The fog, if you will. I know I'm on the right road, even though I can't see past my headlights, you know. And I've right. driven in that kind of fog. It and yeah. it's nerve-wracking. Um, and so, I think when you move that way, it's not that it doesn't even sound crazy to you. Because it still sounds crazy to me when I hear back on these things. Or when I um, do whatever's next and I'm constantly evaluating what is what is the next thing. Uh, but there's this serenity of... Uh, I can't do anything else. And and that's kind of the way I describe it is if I be- really believe God is who he says he is, then what else can I do right. but take those next steps when I feel okay. that peace that that's what I'm supposed to do? And okay. and so in a context of a person who maybe doesn't have faith, there's still people who who do things that are hard. They do things that people look at them and are like, oh, that's crazy. Or they do things that they're not sure how it's going to work out. They travel somewhere. They write something. They produce something. They get creative with their life. And maybe no one's paying them to do this, but they're producing this stuff. Right. Because they know it's in them. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to create whether it pays the bills or not. The rest of that can will worry about itself. Um, it doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, but they just know that's what I'm supposed to do, and, that, and that's the way it's been with every one of these things. And they've a lot of times they've happened quickly, right? Um, but I just go, like, I think I'd be wrong if I didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. What if you had never gotten paid to do it? <laughs> Most people would look at what I did get paid and go, "You never got paid." <laughs> um, so yeah, so we did the internship uh, for free, uh, and they actually offered me money to stay and to be on staff and to continue. Um, after that, they mm-hmm. felt like, hey, you bring a lot to so the staff. had a great year out here. Uh, and so they were willing to pay me. And instead, uh, we decided to move across the country after the internship to move back to the East Coast. Um, you said, no, I don't want to get paid. I only work for free. <laughs> yeah, I like, no, no, I don't think you understand how I operate. <laughs> as soon as you offer me money, I know this isn't the place for me. <laughs> So we we did, and we did, I I had a friend who was going to start a church from the ground up in a very highly churched area, but it was an area of the country where a lot of the churches were maybe dying or there was a lack of excitement, and uh, he really felt like this is where he belonged culturally, and uh, I agree, Uh, and so he and I had always talked about what would church look like if we decided how it was supposed to look and what the culture was supposed to be, and so... Mm -hmm. Um, I went with, I, we moved out there. Uh, he also said, Hey, I I can't give staff positions or money or we we don't have any of that. Um, and I was like, that's cool. And so, (laughs) so, um, We actually won, my wife won bingo, a cash, she hit the cash ball on bingo one night on a a cheap, it was like a $12 date night, right? Like I had Mm. enough money to buy us each a $5 bingo card and a $1 like add-on card, right? So $12, we're going out, we're playing bingo, this is our date night, we had hardly any money at the time, we were very... Uh, very stretched to our, our limits, and uh, but I consider day nights important. This was fun for her, and we're sitting there and we hit the cash ball. We didn't even realize it, right? So B12, she calls bingo, and everybody starts clapping, and we're like.
0: Oh, they didn't clap for anybody else. That's fun. Like right. they were really excited for us. Probably because you were the youngest people in the room. That it is was true. bingo. That is true. It wasn't people <laughs> uh clapping. It was their gum smacking That's <laughs> <laughs> what it was. So,
1: uh I look up and I see this flat screen TV on the wall that says cash ball 10,397 dollars or whatever. And I look at my wife. That's it. Did you just win that?
0: Get out.
1: Like, you didn't win the $50 that they give you. I said, did you win that? She said, I have no idea. And people are clapping, turning around, hey, great job. That's awesome. And then they wow. come over, and actually two people had hit at the same time. So we had to split the 10000 And they said, pay each winner $5,163 or something, whatever the number was. And I remember we just stopped. Wait, we didn't play any more games. And We just laughed. We just laughed for like 30 more minutes. Wow. Like, oh my goodness. And they came at the end and they gave us $5,000 in cash, which isn't as mind-blowing in cash as sure. you might imagine. Yeah. Like, it's not stacks on stacks. <laughs> um, but we did go home and roll around in it. And uh, and then we, we deposited it into the bank. I hope you and, used uh, a lot of uh, uh, hand sanitizer <laughs> over that. your whole body we, after that. <laughs> Yeah, money's so dirty <laughs> and we made it dirtier. So, we uh so yeah, we did that. So then we 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 were able to actually move and get into a place because they saw, "Oh, you have this money in the bank." So we we just put in savings and that's how we were able to kind of get across the country wow. and to to get an apartment. when neither one of us had jobs. So we moved again. We moved to North Carolina. Um she got a job making $13 an hour and we just decided we were going to live off of that. And so we sacrificed it. what We could and worked with that church, got it off the ground. It just was amazing. But we had again, this dissatisfaction that I talked about Yeah. of, I don't think this is the it. There's something different we're supposed to be doing. And, uh, and so an opportunity came to, to come back to Las Vegas and the city, it had our heart. Uh, and, and so we moved back to North Las Vegas actually was able to, um, you know, full-time work, part-time pay kind of thing, but it began to to be paid to to do ministry and to work for a church and actually came on as just a a stipend. It grew little by little, but still never really made very much money. So to your question, what if you didn't make money? um, uh, That's just never been important. Like, it, it sounds weird, but I think purpose and meaning is like... Trump's money all day, yeah. And if I can feel like, man, what I'm doing matters, then it doesn't matter how much money I have. Uh, and so we just kind of have lived what we call, consider an adventure. Uh, and so in that, there's always this uncertainty. I had a guy say when well, we were making a lot of decisions for what we're doing now. He was just like, you know, adventure exists at the intersection of fear and excitement. And I think that that is true. It's like if you're not afraid, if there's not a fear or an uncertainty about what you're doing in life, or there's yeah. no excitement, you're yeah. not you're not really living an adventure. Uh, and I, I think there should be that element to all of our lives. makes okay. it
0: interesting. So you would say, because um, there's a lot of books, there's a lot of self-help, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, spiritual books that would say fear getting rid of fear faith is about removing fear in a way like if you're going to overcome that thing you've got to get rid of fear Mm -hmm. you would say fear fear is necessary yeah it is
1: well fear in the I think is that we all fear the unknown Right. We, we all fear the unknown. Sure. And so uncertainty is the flip side of the coin of faith. There is no faith without uncertainty. Because as soon as you're certain that something is true or will work out, you're no longer trusting. By That's not faith anymore. Yeah. Faith is something that's unseen that is uncertain. And so we all fear the unknown. So we all, uh, fear and faith go hand in hand. I just think that, so fear is a silent decision maker. Right. If I'm afraid of something, I tend to base—I tend to base my decisions on that. Um, uh, Growing up as a kid, I was—I was—I was was fearful of a lot of things. I just was. I wasn't the kid that was like going to go do that daring thing because I was afraid that if I jumped off that thing with my bike and it didn't work out, I was going to get hurt. I didn't like fear. I didn't like pain. But what I've learned is that without fear and pain and those things, you're really not telling a good story. You're probably not doing anything very exciting. Mm. And so, when one of the times where I really intentionally kind of overcame in my life was when I was in high school, Uh, and every year we did like a uh, whitewater rafting trip with our church uh, youth group. And so I went the first year that I went, man, like had just this amazing time. I was and I was scared, like it was it was there was fear and excitement there. And so certainly this adventure. And the next year, I was, you know, it was a little bit of it was there, but I had done it before, and I remember how much fun I had, and, um, but the guy was like, I need you to sit up front, and, uh, I just remembered the year before, anyone who fell out
0: (laughs) was one of the two people in the front, right, and so, he wanted um, you to ride the bull, or was it, (laughs) did you, like, when he said sit up front, was it riding the bull where you're like, no, over the front? No, know, no, with, like in the front two like seats. Okay, he needed got it. the. There was a weight
1: dispersion. There was me and another large guy. And he, <laughs> oh, he wanted us in the front. Uh, so there's weight dispersion uh, issues.
0: He basically, in like in nice words, said, "Hey, fat kids. <laughs> yeah, here. yeah.
1: He said, uh, I need all the fat people.
0: Just you, you,
1: <laughs> you and you. If you guys can sit oh. up front.'"
0: That's terrible.
1: Because uh, I tried to talk him out of it. I was like, no, no, no. I'm much more comfortable where I sat last year, right? right. Like, I'm right. more comfortable where I know I right. can lock my leg in and be fine. And he said, no, I need you up front. So we didn't even make it out, like into the first rapid before our trainee guide okay. uh, hit a rock. And I was tossed out into the rapids. I went down about a mile and a half of the river with no raft. Um, nice. Very terrifying. Uh, really thought this was it, I could drown, I uh, was, hit a lot of rocks, cut up, and so, uh, traumatic experience, like, and even guides, like, the guides who do this every day, you know, when I got back to the camp, one of them noticed that I was still bleeding from my legs, and they had been cut up, and, and, uh, he's like, were you the guy that fell out, I was like, yeah, he said, man, that was, uh, that was intense, that was, that was really scary, and, uh, I kind of felt the seriousness of, oh, wow, that was, really was, I guess, pretty bad, so the next year comes, am I gonna go, right? Am I going well I'm gonna go on the trip, but hey, am I gonna go Whitewater rafting? This is the stirring inside of me. Am I gonna mm-hmm. go? Because I was I was terrified. Yeah. Absolutely terrified. And I just told him that I I lose the battle if I give in to fear here. Okay. And so I did it. And was I terrified? Yes. Did I have fun? There was like honestly, the third it wasn't that fun. It was about overcoming fear. And so uh, fear is a decision maker, right? And if we, if I had let fear make that decision for me, fear begins to win in my life step by step. Yeah. And so I think it's about a properly directed fear. It's about what you fear most, mm-hmm. um, because fear makes your decision for you. So if I fear most um, missing out on life more than going without, mm-hmm. then I'm going to choose that adventure. That helps me live a more exciting, more passionate, meaningful life because I fear missing out more than not having things or stuff or, right. Uh, you know, I, I fear, uh, in my context as a, as a spiritual person, the very core of me, I believe that I'm, what are the things I do? I'm following God in them mm-hmm. and I fear God. Not in a, I'm terrified of him, but I fear him as an, I have a respect for him to know that if he is, by definition, God, that he knows what's more, uh, he knows the passions I should follow in my life, and he's put them there. Yeah. He's put that passion there. And so I fear not living that out more than uh, missing out on comfort and and honestly, I look at some people in my life, and, and it may be I don't know what's going on inside of them or whatever. But I look at their lives, and I used to be really jealous of them mm. because they had the wife, the two point five kids, the you know the 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 mortgage, the cars, the material things, the good job, the, the certainty that I was never really afforded, kind of in my adult life. And um, I used to be jealous, and used to think, God, why don't I have that? And then now I look back, and I I, I almost feel sorry for them mm. because. They haven't seen and experienced some of the things that I've got to see and experience the where I live in Las Vegas not just the city of Las Vegas we recently moved downtown Las Vegas where some major revitalization is happening mm-hmm. we were walking our, our kids home the other day and out front of the this park there's a giant metal robot praying mantis that blows fire from its antennas right and plays music and the fire blows out and uh, our son he loves that thing when we drive home, we have to drive by the big bug so we can roll the window down and tell, "I love you, big bug. I miss you all day." And he—that's what he tells the big wow. bug. Okay. And if we're walking home and it's blowing fire and it's scaring people, it's always fun. Our son—he he gets all scared and worked up. But he loves the big bug, and I just looked at my wife. I was like, "Like his cousins won't ever have a context for living in this." Yeah. Like, you know, his, his cousins. Like they don't understand that like his walk around the neighborhood involves a giant robot fire breathing praying mantis. Right. Their walk around the neighborhood involves like some some old people and uh you know maybe with some worthless originals in their pocket. <laughs> like that's it. Right. And uh, and I just uh, to me that's exciting. I'm excited to to have my kids see us live this way. Um and, and I, I you know I think too many times parents want to help. Like, they, they missed out on their dreams. Right. And so they look at their kids as, like, the second opportunity, and they want their kid. We all want our kids to to live this life we didn't, or we... And it's like, no, no, no. How about if I show my kids what living life to the fullest looks like? Mm. And that money is not what's important, but meaning is what's important. And I can enhance them because they've seen it. They right. know what it's like to to chase a passion and a dream, and to not let anyone tell you no. Yeah you can't do that or or yeah but you'll never have xyz and and uh so instead of just helping them get there i want to model it for them so they know what it looks like to live an exciting vibrant full vital life that that my presence to the people around me is life giving yeah because it's exciting uh to be around me because doing something that matters. And, uh, I want my kids to see that and I want them to, to live it out.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you do these things, you, you're on this journey. When somebody tells you, uh, you won't be able to live that way. With something you said earlier about, you know, well, you can live that way now because you're single. But when you get married, you won't be able to live that way because you have all these things. Uh, (laughs) You know, you have all this other responsibility. Oh, uh, might, it might be working now, but you won't be able to live that way when you have kids because there's no way you can do that when you have kids. Right. Whole right. Other, uh, what do you say to that? Two words. Okay. Watch me.
1: Nice. Watch me. Like, I'm not, like, uh, it just, nothing is going to change because, again, nothing changes. Everything changes when you're married and when you have kids and things like that. Uh, but also, nothing changes it's still life yeah, it's still there okay there's still excitement, there's still possibility there's ways to make things happen there's obstacles to overcome, whether you are comfortable with a wife and kids and you you know or whether you're going to live life and chase your dreams and passions to the fullest with wife and kids yeah. like to me it's like they're they're on the ride with me. And I want them to live out their passions too. So, you know, beginning of this year, I, my wife and I were talking about our passions. I'm like, hey, this is what brings me joy. And I, just, I asked her, I said, what do you think will bring you most joy and excitement in your life? She said, man, like, I love watching our son learn new things and, and achieve new seasons in his life and being a part of that. And she was pregnant with our second one. And I said, okay, so then that's, that's what you're going to do with your life. And you're not going to work a job to support us anymore, like you have. Mm. She's always mm. made more money. She's always had the job. Yeah. Uh, and so, so you're not going to do that anymore. We're going to bring you home. So, come 2016, neither one of us has an income. And people look at us and they go, "You just moved to a more expensive place to live. Yeah. And we had a house that our mortgage was, was next to nothing. Yeah. And a nice neighborhood with all the. And uh, so you're going to move to a place that's more expensive. In an area of town that is the higher crime rate and things like that. I mean, like, literally, my my son on a regular basis interacts with drug dealers and prostitutes and homeless people. And so you're going to move down to that environment. And you're not going to have... Either one of you have a job, and that's where you're going to take your family and raise your kids. And it's like, Yeah. 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 And when they say, well, you can't do that, I was like, watch me. Yeah. Watch me. Because... Sometimes the naysayers almost are throwing fuel on the fire anyways. Yeah. Like yeah. when they say you can't. Because can't never could, you know? Like mm-hmm. you can, you you really can if you have the idea that, yeah, we can make this. And, and, and my wife is so amazing because I've also had friends that had dreams and passions that were squashed by by a wife who didn't maybe catch the vision. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> or... Or their dreams and passions were delayed because their wife didn't catch a vision, put yeah. a lot
0: of pressure on them uh, to be or do something different, and yeah. so well, and um, not just wives too. Like I, I like I, I, know I have female friends, same thing. But conversely, that oh, yeah. yes. the husband yeah. was the no, we can't do that because yeah. of all these other things.
1: Yeah, and and on paper, <clears throat> sure, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, th- there's so much hope in 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 an unknown that's there but it's like um i i just I don't, know, I don't know it sometimes it's hard to explain that it's just it's going to work out and it may not look like what i think or what i yeah. imagine but it's going to work out because um for one it all it always has mhm and so i as a as a spiritual person a person of faith i look at that as um, there's a God who loves me, and I'm following the passion that he's put inside me. So as long as I do that, mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and sure, there's sacrifices, but what's so funny is for every sacrifice we've made, we, like, I mean, you've been to our house downtown. Yeah. And I think yeah, you're at our house up north. I want to kick you out of it like, so which I can put into your to live house in yourself, downtown, right? I mean, it's like, oh, man, so we moved to this high-crime area and in this, and this world that most people think we're crazy. Look, it was probably made for a drug dealer. It's, it probably was. And it's like, but, but I'm not missing out on anything. If, mm-hmm. if, if anything else, I now have things and have seen experiences and met people and talked to people and have done things. I mean, I was at a roof, exclusive rooftop party, the other night with people who are also in downtown Las Vegas yeah. to participate in living life to the fullest and chasing their dreams and passions and okay that's like I'm not missing out on anything like you right. might feel bad for me but I'm not like I'm okay
0: I'm okay right. yeah and, uh, so let's so let's talk about that a little bit you live in downtown Las Vegas so you, so you moved away for a while uh uh-huh. we're unsettled uh weren't weren't satisfied. Las Vegas had grabbed your heart. You decided to come back to Las Vegas. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. You worked for the for a church again uh-huh. in a suburban part of Las Vegas. And then you decide, I'm going to move to this area like you're talking about, downtown, uh, highest crime rate. Uh, people don't know anything about Las Vegas. The one thing they do know is the strip right. and the casinos and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and – that's one part of Las Vegas, but that's not downtown. That's not the. That's not Las Vegas. Right. Yeah. That the whole a, moniker
1: of Sin City applies to the Strip area. But, right. But really, like other communities, kind of almost reject that. And, yeah. And so, and what <coughs> what a lot of people know is like older Vegas. So the Vegas area where like Elvis and Sinatra and those guys hung out. Right. Is kind of uh, the downtown district of Las Vegas where we live now. Got it. Um, yeah.
0: So, uh, in the way that Disney World is not Florida or is not California, <laughs> the strip is not necessarily Las Vegas. There's Absolutely. a whole lot more to it, and there's a culture and there's a depth there. That downtown area you're talking about, very run down for a long time. Yes. Going through a revitalization. You decide you're going to do something that others have tried, others have, um, are still trying. Right. Um, None very successfully. None connecting to culture very well. Uh, but you're you're standing on a rooftop at a party where there's... Uh, the real world is filming. Yeah, real there's world, real world, world of Vegas. Yeah. That I didn't even know still existed, but it's still on TV. <laughs> Season 31, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, these very influential people in downtown, young... Uh,
1: creative people. I mean, a guy there who I'm assuming has a lot of money, he's getting ready to start an airline. Uh, right. He, you know, he's trying to make a com- largely competitive airline.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you come to downtown, you say, Martha is your uh, wife's name, we're going to move our kids down here to downtown to do what? Uh, so, in church terms, you would call it planting a church. I,
1: I like to, uh, because downtown Las Vegas has become a world of startups, uh, we we kind of use the term a startup church,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and so um, when people think but
0: about that, there's a lot of things that come to mind. Right. I was just say explain what you mean by that because for someone to say I'm starting a church, there's people listening and just went all right. Well, I'm done listening. to This guy. Yeah. You? Yeah. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but because there's all kinds of preconceived ideas and context for for church. So they might think, well, here's another guy going to quote unquote Sin City that's gonna, you know, save save the world right, yeah. from, from sin. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: rescue Las Vegas, which, you know, lofty goals and visions, whatever, but what I've realized is is ultimately there's a culture and a community that that exists currently. And I think that and again there's a revitalization going on. There's uh, the downtown project, which um, has some other large influences, a large corporation that moved their headquarters to downtown Las Vegas um, and so there 's all this this energy and synergy going on and one of the things that I realized as I kept hearing what was going on, people would tell me, "We need a church down there, we need a church down there someone actually took a a a picture of like the dream board for the downtown project and kind of the uh, the guy who is funding a lot of that, and one mm-hmm. of the things that was on there was church on a little sticky note. <laughs> Um, because I think, yeah, I think that they recognize something that I recognize is that I think for any uh, community, certainly one that's rebuilding and restoring things, for it to be a vibrant community, there needs to be vibrant communities of faith within it. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and again, that I think there will be other people that don't look like us that can still bring a lot to the community. And so I think when he puts church, there's probably a real broad spectrum of what he's thinking, but. Uh, ultimately, we wanted to bring um, faith discussions back to the table and to the public city centers you know uh, yeah. back in the day you 'd have the the pub city hall um, the uh, and a church all right there in the city center right and and, and so you 'd have people discussing important things about their life and their community um and they would be at the pub discussing on Saturday night and at a church worshiping together on a Sunday morning and working in city hall all right you know it's all right there and that's kind of how how right. communities operated and then churches largely got out of those areas as they would grow up or they would become right. more impoverished or things like that and then suburbs were created and things grow and so uh there's a trend nationally um i think the latest statistic I heard is that there's 70% more people with college degrees uh, living in city centers in America than there was last year. And so the trend is... 70%. Say that again. 70% more people with college degrees living in city centers in America. Not in the suburbs. Not in the suburbs. So there's a trend uh, where all over the country... Downtown city centers are being revitalized. This is not new, yeah. Um, yeah but it is different in Las Vegas. There's some certain nuances uh, to it that are, are very important to understand. And, and I think they're they're working through some of those hurdles um, to make it a place to live, work, and play is very difficult um, because of tourism and things like that. That yeah. that are that's like the major player here uh, in in Las Vegas and and that's again that that's the tide is turning there as well. So um you know, we just we felt like if if that is true, if that is what is going on, um we want to we want to be a part of bringing spiritual discussions, faith discussions um back to the city center and we want to engage people um in those discussions and so really there's a very traditional mindset maybe people have when it comes to church, if they grew up in a, you know, uh, a denomination of some sort, mm-hmm. um, and we're, we're trying to really kind of toss the the non-essential things out the window and reimagine what does that look like to create space for people to discuss life and faith, yeah. and to actually get them to want to, because also statistics will, will show you, and I read some surveys and things like that on a uh, a great, um, this is actually a leadership podcast, a church leadership uh, podcast and blog. They're talking about that, that studies are showing people are having spiritual discussions more and more. Right, they're just not having them with the church. Yeah, they just don't want a pastor coming into that discussion and telling them, "Well, this is what it is." They want to work it out for themselves, right? They they wanted to own own whatever it is they believe. So they're having right. these these spiritual discussions, and so. Uh, we just we want to jump in in a non-threatening way. We want to invite people in in a non-threatening way and and uh kind of maybe reimagine what church looks like and have people maybe begin to rethink what they what they think about church. Is currently right. their their current, you know, uh conceptions and ideas of church and, and a lot of the the negative connotations of church are certainly warranted.
0: Yeah. Um, sure. It so <clears throat> You're not com- you're you're where maybe others before, um, and this is why I think this is why I consider you someone uh, in the context of your whole life of someone that's been, I would say, someone that boldly goes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With boldness, like I'm just gonna go do this thing because I feel like it's the right thing to do. Uh, if it works out, great. If do- if it doesn't, I'll go do something else. We'll do the next thing. Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: So this is another one of those things because again, like people have tried it before people are trying it in various ways yes um but i feel like what the difference with you is you're not stepping into that that context that culture of downtown to tell it what's wrong with it right
1: so yeah one of the so there are people that so las vegas is this let me say it this way las vegas this is how I've, i've i've pictured las vegas so it's high on church people's radar because it's sin city, right? So what yeah. you get is a lot of um pararescue jumpers that 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 come in, they do something in the city and then they get evac'd out right. when they're done. And uh so you have a lot of organizations that are that are churches that will send mission trips or they'll send things to happen. I hope they kind of parachute in and then they evac out. And one of the things that I was just noticing is like there's there's some churches around the outer rim of Las Vegas and in the suburbs. And, and again, still, you still get people that are, are bruised and broken like in their lives just like anywhere else. Uh, but in the very core city center, it seemed like uh, people have actually gotten out of. And if they do anything, they go in, they feed the homeless, and then they get you back out. Right. And, uh, and then, so even <laughs> the people that are kind of down here that are maybe trying it, that are stepping out, uh, a lot of the approach I'm seeing is... Um, It's not just not how I would do it. It's 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 almost ineffective, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah. So we we came down here to to be a part of what is going on, to enhance what is going on, because we believe yeah. that there's some really good things going on, and, and I think um, certainly the idea that we're for the city, we're not in the city, we're not with the city, we're not. Uh, there's a lot of other preposition you put there we're yeah. for the city if the city is successful if downtown las vegas is successful if the downtown project is successful then we as a church will be successful at doing what we do right because they're successful at what they do because it's going to bring more people to have more discussions about life and faith right and so we're going to be able to create that space and we're going to be able to to connect people to that discussion um and also it kind of inversely i believe that if we are successful we will make the city more successful. We'll make the downtown project more successful. We will see, um, things happen in a positive way. I mean, one of the things I do when it, before it got really cold, I would take an early morning walk around certain areas and, and I would pray for businesses mm-hmm. because I know if that business is successful, that's there on my block, I get to continue to live on this block in a, right. in a positive way. You yeah. know, like we're, we're all connected and, yeah. and the idea, um, that that church is going to come in and fix everything isn't necessarily true. Um, right. I, I don't think we're ever going to going to fix everything. But if I can come in and be a part of bringing vitality to an area of the city that desperately needs it, that um, I can help people at a soul level. Mm-hmm. That are pursuing their dreams, which is very exhausting to the soul. It is very, right. um, at times, <coughs> damaging to the soul when things don't turn out the way you want. If I can be there to to have those uh, conversations with them and to help them, um, you know, that that's what we want to do. And so, yeah, it's it. If I come in to tell the city, hey, here's all that's wrong with it. I can't believe you drink so much. I can't believe you gamble so much. I can't believe right. you live this life. I'm not going to be a help to anybody. <clears throat> if I come in and go, hey how can I help you be better at what you do? Mm. Well, that's what everyone's saying to each other down here right now. Right. So a lot of people want, because there's already a culture, there's already a community. I'm not coming in to create something that doesn't already exist here. Right. Uh, We're coming in to be a part of and to enhance, uh, the amazing things that are going on downtown that, that I'm just really excited about. Now, is there poverty? Is there depression? Is there, uh, crime, prostitution, drug? Yeah. 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 Um, but again, those are people who live in this community, and we're we want to bring life to them as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love it. That's awesome. So you're you're building a life in downtown. You yes. moved your family there, building a life. You're not just uh, I'm come You know, you're not living off in the suburbs and coming into downtown yes. and hanging out for a That's little important. while and then going home. And <clears throat> you want to help others build a life. Uh, albeit in a very specific way, spiritually and mm-hmm. otherwise, to inform the rest of it. But you're helping them. I love what you said about um, that uh, you're not trying to tell them what's wrong with it or you're not trying to fix something for them, but you're asking the question, how can how can I help you be yep. better at what you do? Yep. Um, and that, to me, is a very... Uh, that's very creative, uh, inspirational. It's a brilliant approach um, to that. And... You're right. I think successfully seeing a city succeed and seeing a business succeed, that improves life and that yes. brings questions and and um, other ways to kind of walk through life with people. So um, to kind of start wrapping things up, yeah. a couple a couple things. One, uh, if people are listening to this and they live in Las Vegas and they're – maybe they're not even in the downtown area, but um, they hang out in downtown. There's a lot going on in downtown yes. that someone living in the suburbs might just come to. Um, one, how can they get connected with you, and two, um, what can they do with you? Yeah, yeah. So one of the the best
1: way to get connected with is the first thing that I I guess I thought of when I when I was like, okay, let's we're we're gonna do this. We're gonna move downtown. Um, my my biggest thing was okay, well, how do I gain influence and in, in a platform to even have a voice, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. How, how do I gain influence with? A world of people that I don't even understand their world. Uh, a lot of a lot of tech stuff going on here. I don't even know how. Right. To, so how do I do that? And I just thought, man. I, well, I gotta, I gotta get talking to people, and I gotta get telling our story. And so I started a website, DTLVFaith.com, dot com, dot com, and a podcast, the Downtown Faith Discussion, which you can find on iTunes. Um, where basically it's. Uh, that's kind of our that was our way to, to brand ourselves and right. um, uh, to just connect uh, downtown faith and so basically with that website we wanted to tell our story and then tell other people's stories and explore life and faith downtown and have awkward conversations and just share what we're learning so my wife even writes on it sometimes okay. and, as well as myself and just kind of share. Spiritually so, if, if you want to connect to us, that is definitely the, the best possible way, DTLVFaith.com. Right. And uh, you can follow us at, uh, at DTLVFaith on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we'll be growing that presence certainly as well. Um, and so that's one way to get connected to us. And then really the best way to, to partner with what we're doing, and this is for people that are in Las Vegas or not in Las Vegas, um, certainly any kind of startup. So, so we're a church startup yeah any kind of startup needs uh startup capital and uh and so I, I try not to make really you know sometimes asking for money or talking about money is weird especially for a church because again yeah. churches have mishandled money and and those kind of things uh but to do this to really help people clearly money um, doesn't matter to you so it does not matter <laughs> and that's the thing is like I'm not lying in my pockets I'm not right. asking for this to help me live the high life um you know we uh we're we're doing that. We're trying to give people an opportunity to give something that we think matters to an area of the country and of this city um, that matters, and yeah. that there's really some great things going on. People can be a part of it. Um, so if you're in town, I, I love um, I love meeting people that are here because and that, that are interested in this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to connect with you. You can email us uh, at the website or Jeremy at DTLVfaith.com. Uh, but also you. You could be a part of it. If it's something you're like, hey, I want to be a part of that. We're, we're looking for people that have uh, talents and gifts and abilities or maybe even just a big old heart <laughs> mm-hmm. to help people. Yeah. Um, and and we're, we're recruiting people right now to come be a part of a team, to take some leadership on, to make some decisions, to help us create a culture um, of love and generosity. Uh, in in this area that we feel like is really going to impact it. So if you're local and you're interested in this, uh, certainly look us up. And um, when you're downtown, um, spend your money, spend your time, have yeah. fun there. Uh, look at all the great possibilities mm-hmm. and then think to yourself, man, how could I partner with what's going on? Because I think some amazing things are going to happen. I actually had a guy, interesting story, he visited downtown, and through visiting downtown and connecting Ooh. with people, he somehow found us online. Okay, uh, I, I and he is he's in Hollywood. He had uh, someone who, if I said the name, everybody would recognize. Sit him down and say, "Hey, what do you want to do with your life?" And and he really wanted to to help kids with cancer <clears throat> that were possibly dying, didn't have long to mm. live, that kind of thing, uh, have some fun and experience major league baseball games. That okay. uh, was a very simple vision that he had to to help kids because he. Uh, certain experience in his life. And, uh, he contacted me in every possible way to contact us like online, social media, on our website, whatever he contacted me and said, Hey, I want to talk to you. And here was this thing. God's doing something in downtown Las Vegas hmm. and you're going to be a part of that. So he told me and he never met me. He wow. just somehow connected to what we we're doing, read our story, heard, our, heard one of our podcasts where I'm connecting with somebody who who lives, works and plays downtown and uh he's just like there's something going on, and you're you're a huge part of that and so um he's coming back in town he's doing some some celebrity softball game or something like that to to help raise money and we're we're looking forward to connecting He invited us into his world and, and again that's what people are doing yeah um that we didn't really expect and yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things where um more has happened in The short amount of time than I would have ever imagined. Things that I thought would take us eight months to a year to do, uh, we were able to accomplish in about two or three weeks. Yeah, uh,
0: as far as just influence, and so um, it's awesome. It's been it's been huge. Yeah. So it's December 2015 right now. Um, Part of the reason I'm here is because of my organization partnering with you on on uh, some stuff in downtown with our laundry projects. Uh, through current initiatives, in my organization. And we just did over the weekend, did a laundry project uh, in the downtown district, uh, which was phenomenal, incredible. What was so fascinating to me, even more so than that, is you haven't even really started, like, you've started yeah. your podcast, you've got your website, you're doing writing, um, you're just living in downtown, you're meeting people, and all of the volunteers for that project on Sunday. Uh, with the exception of maybe four people, yeah. five people yeah. that were people that I know and that we are organization connected with here in Las Vegas, uh, were people that you have met uh, just living down here, uh, being a part of another thing called the Downtown Podcast, yep. I believe yep. is right, uh, presenting to a group of people there. And here's all these random people that, um, you know, uh, one guy works at Zappos. He and his wife working at yep. Zappos, which is downtown, and just this random collection of people that rallied around yeah we want to help some people in downtown that's awesome let's do it and they weren't they weren't concerned about yeah great you're a church we don't care like uh, yeah or <laughs> you're you know that was
1: you know because I, I didn't hide the fact mm-hmm. hey we're, we're down here to to start a church that wants to um you know discuss life and faith that's what right. we, that's what we're here doing I didn't hide that when I pitched it to the the live studio audience of it's a podcast also it's a Local cable access TV show, mm-hmm. I think Wayne's World, um, but uh, very well done. Yeah, and uh, you know they let me get up and talk to people, and they didn't care that I was a pastor starting a church, so they let me come and talk to people about this project. Um, the people, literally hundred plus people there, cheering for the idea that we could bring people some dignity through some clean laundry. Right. Um, and yeah, it it didn't seem to matter, and it's not seeming to matter to people that it's a church because. It's just strangely enough, they're just they're going, yeah, like that's a good thing. And I think they see me as kind of normal. Right. I don't I don't lead with, hey, I'm a pastor. If people ask right. me what I do. I try not to tell them, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, at first. Um, but I'm even realizing that when I do and I say, hey, well, I'm I'm here with a startup church. Yeah, uh, they're like, really, and they want to know, you know, what, what are you doing? How can they be a part of it? And Yeah. It's, it's been unbelievable. See, they're so, yeah, well, you saw and first, you're so yeah. babyface; they don't, you know, they can't. They're not. not they can't not like you. Yeah. Right. yeah. I don't uh, look like a pastor. I get that all the time. Yeah. You yeah. know, which is a compliment, I think, because I don't have a receding hairline. <laughs> uh, wear a suit.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, a, a beaded, studded, button-up shirt. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Flared-out jeans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not uh, the the typical hipster pastor. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good because you're you're just who you are, and I think that's a big. I think people can see that. Right? Um, no matter who you are, who a person is, like you can tell when someone is themselves and they're comfortable right, in their skin right. and who they are and when someone's not. Well, because
1: that's a big thing too. Whenever you try something new, so whatever world you're in, when you try something new or maybe you're passionate about, if you don't already look like that group of people that maybe does that, there's this temptation yeah. to change uh, your look and your talk and your places right. you go and the things you do. And so certainly that temptation was here. Even with that, um, yeah. What cross section of people do I need to connect with the most? Because I'm not like any of them. That's one of the things I've, yeah. I've I've really learned. I'm not really like any of them with a lot of things. And I just thought, you know, instead of looking like them, maybe if I just love them, that'll be enough, right? And uh, and that I'm finding that to be true. Yeah. That I don't. Have, they don't care if I look like them. They do care if I love them and care what they are doing and what's going on in their life. Mm.
0: And, Isn't that a fascinating principle, that somewhere has been lost? (laughs) Um, So, okay, so it's December, to kind of wrap it up, it's December 2015 right now. Um, you started this journey, when do you, what's next, or what do you officially?
1: Yeah, so 2016, um, our goal is to to team build, to train, um, to fundraise. Uh, again, to get that, that capital going for a launch, to purchase things we need to to market. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that I've noticed that people who are doing things downtown, uh, church-wise, a lot of people don't know they're there. And right. we wanna let people know we're there. Um, right. I think if if you're there, if you're in people's life before they need you, you'll be there when they need you. Yeah. And so we wanna mm-hmm. be in people's life before they feel like it's they need us. That's a great philosophy. Uh, and so we, um, so we wanna market like crazy, and we wanna build a team. And uh, so, our goal, our essential intent, if you will, is to uh, to start a church in the downtown Las Vegas community for the downtown Las Vegas community um, in 2017 with 20 partners. So we're we're looking for 20 or 18 other core people um, to use their gifts, their their time, their talent, their passion yeah. to say, yeah, we want to we want to bring a church to this community and give people. Um, space to discuss life and faith
0: yeah nice so uh to everyone listening go follow dtlvfaith.com uh check out um downtown what was your podcast again downtown the downtown faith discussion downtown faith discussion uh,
1: that's that's me talking with people sometimes they believe like i do sometimes they, they won't uh And it's just an interesting, awkward conversation about God. I try and probe a little bit about what people really believe, not just what they say they believe. Right. And uh, it's it's always interesting what comes
0: out. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, so everyone go check that out. If you want to be like Jeremy and crazy and boldly going, uh, move to downtown Las Vegas and get involved with something creative and inspirational – uh a couple of last things real quick um in a few words um you talk a lot about god um faith is very central to who you are In a few words who is god to you uh he's
1: central Central, so, so when, when you think about the very core of something, mm-hmm. uh, that's where it derives all of its everything that it is. from its very core. Right. And the core is essential. It's everything. And so he, he is that to me. He, he He's the core. Um. In the very spirit of who I am, I am not Jeremy If if it does not incorporate my faith in God yeah it, it, it is central. It is core to, to who I am.
0: Awesome. So uh, final question. You're, this, you're a person that bold, has boldly gone. This's been at the theme of your life, pretty much your whole life. Uh, do you believe that everyone can be someone who does that, that boldly steps out of their comfort zone? And it may not not necessarily looking like what you've done. Absolutely, but, yeah. Um <clears throat> Or do you think it's something, like the two parts of it, do you think it's something everyone could and everyone should? I think it's definitely something everyone could do. Everyone could do. Um, it
1: if you're meaning boldly go by it, take that risk that you just you just man, I've always wanted to write a book. Yeah no one's gonna you have all the excuses of why you wouldn't right. I think everyone could no I think one's gonna, gonna fund me could, yeah no one's gonna fund me no one's gonna wanna listen to what I, I have to say and I think that that's false um, and even if no one has listened to what you have to say you at least created something that can live long longer than you yeah. um, so I think everyone can I don't know if everyone should okay um, because the dreamers and the passionate pursuers Need those people that can help them pump the brakes. Okay. So one of the things in, in counseling, I, think, yeah, I mentioned that earlier, uh, that I that I really discovered about myself is that my best friend that I grew up with was the guy who softened my edges, and the guy who um, could pump the brakes because he could handle me. Mm because uh, the, the, the counselor put it this way you're 220 everybody else is 110 people plug into you they get a lot of energy really quick and they blow up <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so what, what we discovered through the conversation is, is that uh, he was a person who balanced that out and so the, the dreamers and the passion pursuers need those balances not to say don't, not to say stop But to say, hey, maybe in your pursuit, in your passion, your dream, you didn't think about this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. and they help keep us grounded. And uh, I know, like, he's somebody I'm meeting with actually tomorrow night. Okay. And uh, I'm going to cast vision, and I'm going to say this and this, and and he's going to go, okay, okay, that's great. What about this? What about this? Not to punt the brakes or stop or discourage. Right. But he lives a different life. He lives in a different world. He comes from a different perspective and uh so not everyone should because sometimes the passionate dreamers need the other people to help fund them or to right. help pump the brakes yeah. and that's okay so balance too. is key absolutely. yeah
0: absolutely but i and i would say even even with those guys that or girls that are that are that that are the counterbalance to that i think in small ways there's probably things uh there's probably ways that you challenge them back to push them to be uh, cuz usually those people are the ones that are are they're not risk takers they're risk averse. Right. Uh, you know, but there are some things maybe that they do need to take a risk yeah. in, like maybe it's well, I haven't quite asked this person to marry me yet that I probably yes. should, or something like yeah. that, or or whatever this thing is, that they get fuel from you. Sometimes Conversely. normal life can be paralyzing to
1: people. Yeah. Like the just yeah. the status quo is paralyzing for people and terrifying. Yeah. So yeah, so even being able to challenge their comfort zone. To just be the the status quo, or even to say, "Hey, um, I need you to help fund me to pursue my passion," and what that does for them is maybe eliminate a little bit of materialism. Maybe Mm. that funding does help them be a little uncomfortable and to trust something bigger than themselves. Yeah, Um, Mm, because they're investing in something that's that's not a guarantee. Yeah, Um, and so yeah, so it may be, but yeah, I don't necessarily think everyone should just. Like the crazy jump out, person, man. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Every, not everyone should do what you did.
0: Someone's got to fly the plane while everyone else is jumping out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good statement. So, with that, um, I like to end the podcast with actually with a question because I I want to challenge everyone, and not that everyone should do what you did and jump out of the plane, mm-hmm. but um, like you said, normalcy for some people, normal life is sometimes uh, a struggle and just. There is one thing. There is the right next thing. There is a next thing that some people could do. So my question uh, is not to you but to the entire audience as we kind of close it out. Um, I like to end with um, what can you or what can I do this week that is a boldly going step for me? And something – even like you said, something as small as, yeah, I'm going to give to that thing. Because it's going to eliminate some materialism over here, but I'm going to give to that thing because it's the right thing or it's a good right. thing to be a part of. So my challenge to everyone this this week is think about that. What what is the one thing maybe this week that you can do? Maybe it's the person right in front of you that you can help in some way, or maybe you need to propose and you need to make that step, <laughs> or you need to ask, you know, whatever whatever the thing maybe is. Maybe you need to quit your job. Maybe you need to quit your job. Uh, maybe you don't. But at least ask the question and think about it and you know, don't just coast uh, through life but tap into your creativity, tap into your yes. inspiration, uh, tap into the brilliancy that is natural to who you are, that is um, something that is inside of all of us and figure out what is that bold thing that I can do this week to step out and, and, uh, and be different and be better uh, and be better for the world around me. So, Jeremy, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was yeah, a lot of fun. We did it. I loved all the helicopters. That's right.
1: Everybody's done. Friends through <laughs>